0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Group podcast where we're taking a look at what speakers are covering at our events, turning our attention this time to Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Funds, taking a look at some promises and perils in 2019. Although the event went live May 23rd, it is available for playback at a time to suit you. More information about how to get that recording, as well as information about our full panel and the agenda they covered, will be found in the description box down below. We heard from Daryl Steinhouse. he was our first speaker, a partner at DLA Piper, and then we heard from Quinn Moss, a partner at Oric, Herrington and Sutcliffe LLP. More information once again about that panel found in the description box. The code PODCAST25 will also be there, getting you 25% off that first webcast registration when used at checkout. Let's hear from our panel now.
1: My name is Daryl Steinhouse. I'm a partner with DLA Piper. On our webinar we're going to start with a discussion about How do the Opportunity Zone provisions work for investors? We're going to focus on the the magic initials, DRE, deferral, reduction, and elimination of the gains that they're going to invest into these Qualified Opportunity Zone provisions. We're also going to focus on some of the new provisions applicable to investors, which would include inclusion events, when you have to trigger that gain before you actually get to the, the finish line, how you apply something called 1231 GAIN, a new change that the Treasury regulations made, and how investor can actually contribute property into these transactions. Once we complete how it works with respect to the investors, we're gonna jump into how it applies to the actual opportunity funds. And the first thing we're gonna talk about is a single member opportunity zone fund. Typically, those are real estate or a uh, business-type structure, and we're going to discuss how those work and how you go through the process. Under the new rules, we've got substantial certainty as to how to make these work. The regulations have given us a lot of insight, a lot of guidance, and I think we can get there. We're going to talk about how to fund these type of structures, how debt's treated in these transactions. and under the new rules how promotes are not going to be treated as, as tax-free income after the 10-year period. We'll also talk about the new rules regarding rollovers, how do you look at it, these transactions from a trader business standpoint and what qualifies and what doesn't qualify. We will also consider how land now fits under the new regulations and how this concept of original use and how property has to be acquired and how it fits in. And the last thing we'll talk a little bit about is how lease property is handled under the new provisions. Effectively, when we're done, we will have gone through the entire process of beginning to end, how do you form a single asset fund and make it work for both the company and an investor?
2: This is Quinn Moss. I'm a partner at Ora Carrington and Sutcliffe, um, and as a member of our... Opportunity Zone leadership team and co-head of our private investment funds practice. I come to Opportunity Zones with a strong focus on commingled funds and operating businesses, Um, so taking it a step beyond a single asset real estate fund to see if it has more general application. Um, Daryl and I are going to be discussing the guidance provided by the most recent regs in April to help investors in both commingled funds and operating businesses um, benefit from the generous tax um, benefits offered by the program. Um, These April proposed regs offer much promise, but there is uh, some significant peril for commingled funds and operating businesses, notwithstanding uh, the progress. Um, They did address many gaps in the earlier regs. But there are some gaps that remain, and we'll try to highlight those for you. Um, the good news is that there are rules now permitting a six month grace period for newly contributed assets. Uh, there's now the possibility for interim dispositions and reinvestment. Um, there's a clear benefit now for using leverage in order to permit interim distributions. Um, and so we'll be looking at Um, A number of those provisions as well as some of the unique basis adjustments that are required if you are um, forming a fund that's that's, um, formed as a partnership. Um, For operating businesses, we'll also take a deep dive into some of the rules relating to QOZBs um, outside of real estate. Um, There are some new 31-month safe harbors that are similar to those that were applied for real estate but now also allow newly formed companies to fund payroll and tech development and all sorts of good things. Um, we'll be looking at the changes to some of the 50% income tests um, and the tangible asset tests. Um, but most of all, I think what we're going to do is have a number of hypotheticals that we can explore how these rules work in a real-life context and, and try to show what works and what doesn't work um, as you proceed with trying to form these Qualified Opportunity Funds to serve a variety of business models. We do hope you'll join us.
0: Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget, more information about our panel, the full agenda they covered, and how to get a copy of that recording will be found in the description box down below. You'll also find the code PODCAST25, and when used at checkout, that code gets you 25% off that first webcast purchase. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and until next time, take care. Bye for now.